Welcome to Competitive Edge for CSGO, brought to you, of course, by Esports Bet. You can use our affiliate link below to get a 50% deposit bonus up to $200. And also, in order to participate in the World's Prediction Series, which is going through the end of the year, where you can have a chance to win up to $300,000 individually for free with a total prize pool of up to $10 million, depending on your predictions. And it'll all be done in DJT, the currency of Esports Bet. Now, to get DJT, uh, there's lots of ways. Sign up, of course. Message the mods on their Discord. You'll get a little more. Log in every day. You'll get a little more. And of course, there's also a deposit bonus. So if you deposit crypto on the site, you do get a 50x bonus for DJT. So you can play with crypto, you can play with DJT, you can try and get the free money via the World's Prediction series, or you can win some crypto on your own. Any way you want to do it, there you go. Uh, and as we've come back, the last time we did this show, Thorin correctly predicted the entire bracket of the major playoffs. So if you followed his advice, probably got a pretty penny there. Now, he did put a wager on an upset because the odds were very good, but he still thought that the balance was going to go over to FaZe Clan in the end. FaZe Clan ends up winning the entire thing, and especially if you bet on them in the finals, they were a little bit of an underdog, right? So way, when yeah. he did an interview, he was on Hitchell Team Confirmed podcast, Carrigan did indeed say that the NIP match that I said MIP could upset on was the hardest match of the tournament. So, from the horse's <laughs> half, I didn't make him say that, guys. The major champion said that. Incredible. Uh, so, we are going to be looking at the Blast uh, Spring Playoffs today, and uh, it's, it's kind of a weird event, so there might be some upsets here, especially... As we, we look at the overall odds, but first off, we have to kind of set the ground here with the preview of the event. Now, certain interesting things happening. Uh, we have, a, I would say, given recent events, kind of an unlikely mix of teams. We have Pain Gaming, who qualified over Furia, which is kind of a surprise given these teams' current form right now. Um, of course, Ents and FaZe doing very well recently. Now we have Navi, but they're playing with a substitute because Boomich is off the roster. We have OG also playing with a substitute from with Dexter from Team Spirit. Uh, maybe G2 isn't in top form right now. So it's kind of an interesting mix. So let's just get it right done right away. Who's going to win this event? Yeah, the key thing about this tournament, obviously, is even though you have like the number one team, FaZe, and you have Ents and Navi, so you've got like the top three teams in the world. Obviously, as you say, Navi isn't the same. Navi, no one really knows how they'll play without Boomich, and especially not with Sundar Young as the stand-in. And if you're wondering why the tournament has such a sort of scoffed set of teams, it's because, unfortunately, so much of this competition was actually played online. Whereas in the past, like mm. at least when I, if you remember that first year I did this format when it was blasted, we were doing Flashpoint. The group stage part was online, and then it like the, it, there was the online showdown part. Basically, this time around, the group stage was the first event of the year, but it was online, and so that's actually why you had teams like the most notable ones would be like Vitality, for example. They actually looked half decent in the first tournament when it was online and they were sort of going head to head with the fierce clans of the world same with og og actually shocked the world by qualifying to this tournament with nexa as their igl it gave people a little bit of hype the problem is since that beginning of the whole year the rest of the year has played out in the tournaments and these teams haven't been the top team so if you look at the tournament the good news is we have got the two best real rosters in the world at the tournament which is FaZe Clan the major champions I do think they should be the favourite to win this tournament all the reasons why they won the major still apply I even think the fact that they sort of blew the Dallas event wasn't even that egregious by the way they were eliminated by the team that won the tournament it's just they got eliminated a lot earlier than you would expect that absolutely wasn't their fault if you look at the way the tournament bracket went sure losing to Ents with a standard isn't great but I actually predicted this on all the shows I was on I said 
said, when you win the major, especially when you've got people who've been waiting their whole career to win a major, it's totally logical you're going to sort of like mentally take the next event off. Like it just isn't going to be the same fever pitch of like intensity. If you're gonna, it's going to be the most obvious one. You slip on the banana skin and you just lose. So I don't take too much for my um, Dallas and not winning personally. I think FaZe is still the best team in the tournament. I actually think, like I alluded to there, if anything, that was sort of like, that was the mental break after the big win. And now you get back on track and you try and you go and you, you try and have an era and try and be dominant. So FaZe again. That's going to be yes. your pick to to actually win the entire event. Uh, it's going to get a little bit messier, though, when we go into some of the individual matchups. But do you sure. think uh, who do you think is the second best team? Who do you think FaZe might hit in the finals? Well, that's the interesting thing, because it should, on paper, it absolutely is Ents, right? Obviously, Ents is going to have Spinks back, so it's going to be the real, true, full-power Ents. The problem Ents has, though, and it's not like they were able to get over this because they had the standing when they're in Dallas, is when they get deep in tournaments and it's a scenario where you're in front of the big crowd and you're on stage, that's just where they're not experienced. It's not that they're bad. They're just not experienced. They've only been there a couple of times in their career. So I would just say that's the only factor that makes me a bit more nervous about the Ents side of the equation is until the IC team sort of, like, get it done as it were you can never be sure they will so i would actually say once you go past phase clan i actually think it becomes fairly wide open like there's a world right even navi without boomich they have such amazing superstar players they could really turn up and just frag out and win the tournament i think there's a world where g2 maybe gets it together i know it's a bit more tenuous but <laughs> the pieces are there when when you're in a tournament where you've got not all the best teams and people are wounded and missing a player it's a perfect time for a real lineup to have a nice little run and get some wins you know what would you say the same about Vitality? Is this the first time they could see success with this like mixed French and Danish roster? The problem I have with Vitality is this, is what they're actually trying to do with that squad is completely new in World Counter-Strike, which is, this is what people don't understand. It's not that they're doing an international squad. People have done loads of those. But when you do the international squads, because you can chop and change any player you want, you don't tend to invest like six months, nine months in one roster and just let it fail, you know? Like, this is actually very weird, the way they've made this super team of players. But so far, we haven't even had a hint that they'll actually do a player change. We hear this rumor, maybe they're talking to your Kindad through, et cetera. Mm. That's more because your Kindad's available. It's not because, like, they have to rush and get someone. So personally, the problem is, right, all the interviews and the messaging from Vitality players makes it sound like we're not worried, you know, we understand it's going to take time. It's a different project. You know, we're coming from different nationality. The problem I have with all that is that's not the way Counter-Strike works from my experience <laughs> in Counter-Strike. If you play two or three lands... That's just who you are at that point in time. Like, there's no, there's no like, you don't have to play five more tournaments to unlock some hidden data. That's just who you are. So if you have issues, major issues with communication, if you have major issues with style of clashing, style of play, then you've just got those issues. And by the way, that's going to be really hard to solve those problems. So I, I personally, I'm out on Vitality. Like, I don't think this lineup gets it together. Like, I give them the respect because of the names and the potential that I'd give them a bit more time than I did some of the other squads in the game. But it's just been too many lands now, dude. And the problem is they've never actually kicked in that game. Here's the difference between them and G2. G2's Jekyll and Hyde. They have a game where they look really good, then they look really bad. Vitality generally just looks average or maybe slightly above average occasionally. They very rarely ever sort of top out and look really good. I guess my, my counter-argument would be that probably, you know, one of the reasons why rosters had to click immediately was that for a lot of the history, there wasn't great coaching or like very experienced coaching. And now that Vitality has Zonic, like maybe that would be the saving grace. But you already said like you've given them a little bit more time and it still hasn't paid dividends. 
I also think that, unfortunately, one area that we're going to find out rudely, I mean, Kislek Exonic would be a great example because he's your contender for best coach in esports history, is that I don't think this is, unfortunately, like the kind of sports we're used to. Like, in the sports we're used to, I'm not, it's funny, I'll give a side tangent here because fans just won't understand this. I've always thought one of the most misunderstood things about professional sports in America is the enormous upheaval if you have to move teams. You know, fans do it. We all sit at home like it's football manager, fantasy football is going, I think he should go to this <laughs> team and then the quarterback should go there. We don't realise that means that you uproot your whole life you move your family you get your kids out of school they go into and then by the way what if you what if it's like one of those one-year deals like when fucking philip rivers went to the court to where like wait i did it all for one year like so what people don't get is this dude is like it's all well and good as calling zonic the goat but he hasn't in the same way like traditional sportsman he's been tested he's been in one team his whole career yeah he's been in one team and it was always a danish team and he had full control so i have to say like that's probably i think the person by the way who will leave with the biggest black mark if this project fails it actually isn't Zewu and Dupree that I think it's actually Zonic because basically he he could essentially have ridden off into the sunset and no one would ever be able to question his legacy. But he, but by the way, props to him. He's put his balls on the fucking line again. But it just means that it has to work now, especially because in his case he can't say he hasn't got the players, can he? He's got some not only some of his own players, but he's got mega players. And by the way, that's the thing that I find most disturbing of all is like I could have believed there could be problems in this team, but the fact that somehow Zewu has never been as good as he was in the previous lineups that's actually a bit. Disturbing disturbing that makes me feel like something something is so off with this lineup that like like i say i don't think another line i don't think two more weeks practice fixes whatever's off <laughs> fair enough let's dive into the actual matchups and uh, uh we are going to take a look first at the pain gaming versus phase uh, this is one of the ones thorin that just may not even be worth putting much on phase is one point too bad yeah. 1.039 to 9.67 uh which you know, you got to say, probably is it worth it unless you really believe that Pain has a even, like, I would say 25% chance of winning, which seems very unlikely. I mean, I'll give you, like, an example of some of the problems they have. Like, basically, the map pool doesn't seem like they can go anywhere, Pain. is the best of three on land, remember? Secondly, like, the map that fucking phase typically permabans is one of the better maps for Pain. Like, these are all, like, the terrible mark. It's why, accurately, they've put the odds enormous for Pain. Basically, unless you think Pain's going to win, don't even consider this one. <laughs> like, because it's just way too low on the phase side, isn't it? Like, for me, as a general rule... Unless I'm, like, certain someone's going to win, I've got to get, like, 1.3 or higher, ideally, you know? Right. Like, 1.2 is for when you just ignore 100% <laughs> and you just have to let on that game for some reason. So this is way too low for me. I, I would ignore this one, personally. I mean, if we put 100 DJT on phase, our return would be 3.9 DJT. I mean, the, the odds are, it's it seems very, very one-sided. So we will skip this one. Now, I don't need this one. There's, there's other battle ones in this. We can yeah, with. very interesting. I mean, probably the, the banger match of the first round is going to be G2 versus Vitality. G2 is at 1.55 to Team Vitality's 2.364. So this one actually, I think, carries a lot more interest. Yeah, the thing about this matchup is, first of all, these teams have played a whole bunch of times. So G2 is the better of the two when they play. Okay, they're both teams that are flawed, though. And what's crazy about this matchup is, depending on what sort of game happens, all sorts of matches 
are possible. They could both play really bad. It could be a slap down, drag out fight. They could both actually have a map where they both look good. They don't have great map pools. GTO has a slightly better one, but they could both have like one map where they look good. And it's a three map series. There's a world obviously where Zero goes a, a supernova and wins the whole series. There's a world where he has a, some sort of okay maps like he currently does and they don't win. And it's actually G2 that wins. The problem with this is I think actually the odds are pretty, pretty accurate on both sides for this. I would favor G2 as the team that should win. I think they have the better map pool and their team's slightly better at the moment. With that said, certainly they're not some enormous favorite and there is a world where those things I just said happen. Zewu is the best player on the server. Vitality like, has a really nice map. G2, by the way, is one of those teams also, like say, because they're Jekyll and Hyde, they could easily blow it on their own map and it could be an interesting three-map series or super close two-map series. So I would say G2, I would, I would, I think the odds are good enough to bet on G2. But if you, say, are just some super fan of Zewu and Vitality, I don't hate the odds for Vitality either. I think it's quite a well-priced bet, this one, actually. All right, so what would you say the odds of the G2 victory are? Like 55, 60%? I'll go more like 60, yeah. I would say, like, I think they should win. Okay, so if, if that's the case, let's go ahead. We'll, we'll put we'll put 300 DJT here onto G2. Make the assumption that they can take it in a best of three. Next one is the Battle of the Substitutes, also making it very difficult. Navi 1.31 to OG at 3.26. So both of these teams fielding substitute players makes predictions extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. So where do you go? Where do you go with this one? What makes this one so tough is OG already had made roster moves bringing in Neofrag and Fiku, so we had no real idea how they were going to play anyway. Then what they've done with the stand-in scenario is Mantu, who was their long-time AWPer, goes out, and in comes Dexter just temporarily from Spirit, because he himself has benched himself in Spirit because he's not going to move to Serbia and be like one of those players who's going to live outside of Russia. So basically, this is a very unusual scenario, because the problem is, normally, I wouldn't even need to look at the other side of the equation, right? It's not a top team, so Na'Vi wins automatically right i don't even think that boomich leaving the lineup means navi don't win (laughs) the issue is this is that essentially it's all about the odds on this one for me because even though look navi have the raw firepower that they should still win the series it's still land it doesn't really matter like again yes they've lost their igl but he wasn't an igl in like the traditional sense and i don't get the sense unfortunately that it's like it cripples the calling style of the team that he's not there so the key thing for me is this it's more about how how much can you get into the underdog factor because here's the thing nobody really <laughs> knows how og is going to play og doesn't and the key thing is they've got the very rare scenario scenario where the stand-in is better than the player he's replacing like i actually think dexter is a better opera on land than mantu is so if anything i actually think there's a world where i think navi could still beat most teams so if you like the odds on them that's one thing what are the odds for og for this 3.26 see i think even though it's a best of three I think there's enough you might do the cheeky underdog for this one. Like, I think, like, if people don't know, Neil see, the, also the problem is this is a best of three, though, right? Like, that's in a best true. of one, I could yeah, see it, true. but a best of three makes it really, really fucking hard. Yeah, basically, the problem is this, right? If Na'Vi can still win this game now, because some guy young like, was an all right player last year, but he hasn't, he hasn't played in ages. He wasn't in spirit in the last major, et cetera. Like, realistically, Na'Vi and paper should be worse. My problem is I suspect they'll still just be very good and win the game. So like I say, it's more about how horny do you get for the underdog? Because the, the key thing is the firepower's there and you've got almost the chaotic element where I don't think they know how they're going to play. <laughs> I sort of agree with you, though. The best of three factor does mean, like, here's the issue. <laughs> 
is to beat Na'Vi, you also usually have to have like a couple of their weaker maps, whereas I can't even know what OG's going to play. They have, if you look at them on the HL TV, they've played like one version of each of the maps in the last three months. So as a team, they're a complete black box. That's why I say, though, I don't hate it as a crazy outside pick if someone wants to go for a complete flyer. All right, we we will go for a complete we'll go for Navi. <laughs> we'll, we'll go OG? for Navi. No, let's do fifty. Let's do fifty DJT onto okay. onto OG. You know, I feel like that's that's a fun one. Again, Navi probably gonna win, guys. They are one point three, so it's like a decent return if you if you think Navi's going to win. Um, maybe you go ahead and do that. Uh, this is just for fun for us because uh, again, it is <laughs> it is a flyer. It isn't something that we think is gonna happen, but especially in the best of three, but perhaps they're, they can trick them into some like maps where they have some tricks in, in, in a map pool where because Navi don't know what that map pool is, they might be able to take a win and then probably just bomb out later in the event overall, right? So, all right. It's also implied, by the way, technically, that the odds makers agree with me. This is way closer match than you'd think on paper. Right, yeah, it's true. That is true. You would not expect the odds to be kind of this good for, for Na'Vi, like being able to yep. turn around 1.3 in this particular matchup. Uh, final match of the opening round is going to be Ents versus Big. Ents at 1.39 to Big at 2.87. So we talked about, you think Ents is the second best team at this event. Seems like it's probably going to be a lock for them to go ahead and win this one. Yeah, the key thing for this was, I actually think the price is just good enough for Ents still to make this worth picking because I think they will win the series. Mm. And here's the thing. If people have noticed from past bets and shows I've done, often actually big as a team, I'll take as an underdog, like sort of upset squad because they're, like, they're slightly better than they sort of should be, basically. And they always have like a decent sort of game style over most of the maps. The problem they have in this particular case is the map pool actually is somewhat covered by Ents. So I don't think they can sort of get any little edges in it. So I think that's the issue is Ents is the better squad have more firepower it's also a land match i think big slightly better when you play on the internet as well so this just isn't the right team for big to be the upset merchant for they could for other top teams it's not this particular one like this is one where i'm fairly confident ends wins uh, going on that if because we're not going to be able to do another one of these shows later in the event is there a team that you think big perhaps might be able to pull an upset off of in group b they're in there with ends navi and, and og or is it just like big will beat og and then maybe lose to navi and ends I mean, I will be very interested, like, for example, when they play against Na'Vi, if they mm. play that match. Like, I actually think there's an example of, because, listen, they're a team that definitely put in the hours, big clan, and they try to have a tactical focus. Like, if you want a team to potentially exploit Na'Vi missing their IGL and having what's just like an okay fragger standing in instead, like, that's that's the right sort of squad. Like, I also think there's a world where, if you're Na'Vi, I don't think their eye's going to be on the ball for this game as much. Like, remember, they've just blown the major that they want to win. They've had to kick one of their bloody teammates, and no one knows 100% yet who the replacement real player is not going to be this someday young guy I think it's very unlikely I think he's just standing in so as a result I think Navi's sort of there so if you're if you're a team like big and you sort of you get a few hours to watch the demos it's not impossible who do you think is going to be the permanent replacement on Navi I'm curious who you think the best candidates are that's the tough thing because I'm actually completely thrown for a loop over the fact it's Boomich that was being replaced because the story behind the scenes was it was going to be electronic and the, the factor behind that is obviously first of all like Actually, he also had a spouse that was involved with saying or implicating him in some sort of like political fucking sentiment. So mm. that, along with the fact that just some of the rumors earlier about like what it might mean that you have to leave the country with your family and stuff, everyone just assumed because I tried as a kid, he won't be leaving. So the problem with this is essentially, this might sound mad, 
But a lot of us, it's not just me, a lot of us actually think if they pick the right player, this might actually make the squad even better, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> like, you can't say it as, as, as a certainty, because whenever a team is as good as they are, you've got to give respect that somehow every one of the five players was doing something, and it was sort of the, the more than the sum of their parts. But essentially, because most of us don't think Boomwich was a true IGL, I mean, if you essentially, if you even watch Na'Vi games, the coach hands out, for real, like laminated fucking dossiers to each player that they each read. <laughs> play sheets. <laughs> yeah, as if they each had their own mission. And then on top of that, when it's the tech timeout, sometimes Boomich wasn't even talking. He, his mouth sometimes wasn't even moving. And I could just see other people talking. So, spoiler, I already <laughs> suspect that, like, Electronic and Simple sort of, like, did some of the calling anyway, or like they have their own relationship with Blade. And it's more like blade to each member as the team, as opposed to blade to the IGL to the members of the team. I right. think it's more that sort of structure. So essentially, I think they're going to go for a fragger. Like I actually think there's a world where I don't know who it's going to be, but maybe they're going to try. I mean, the the rumor is maybe they try and get Buster, the former Vertus Pro player. Well, technically he's still in the team now, but obviously that lineup's going to die out. That would not be a bad pickup. That's a pretty stable player. This guy has a couple of years of history under his belt now. He was considered sort of like one of the sleeper, better players in VP. I know the hype was just all Jamie Yakindar, but like if you sort of watch <laughs> the game, Buster definitely was sort of like doing some of the dirty work and like could definitely he did he definitely was a solid player in that team the whole time. So I can see why they'd also consider him for this team. I think he just has the cashier in the region awesome well we'll look forward to that uh until then seems like uh we have phase and ents as the favorites of this event remember that as we go through it seems like you know phase definitely a heavy favorite overall coming off the the major win being on land in europe again and so before that though we'll go ahead we'll put we'll put 400 djt onto ents winning over big in this first round and uh, you can keep up with the rest of the predictions. We should have some on Twitter as well as time goes on for these events. Um, and remember, of course, that you do get those DJT as part of your deposit bonuses, 50x deposit bonus when you deposit crypto onto esports bet. And of course, use our affiliate link below. If you haven't signed up yet, you can play along with us for free using DJT. Go ahead, join their Discord, message the mods. They'll give you a bunch of DJT. Keep logging every day to get up to 5,000. And then over time, you'll accumulate more, get up the rankings for the World's Prediction Series, which you can see over at the esports bet website. So thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you next time.